Hello, and welcome to Teacher Tales, a podcast from the spirit of teaching. This is your host, Linda Markley, and I invite you to join me and my guests as we get curious, explore, discover, and learn more about what is really at the heart of teaching. In each episode, we will hear the story of a teacher, what called them to teach, what are their greatest joys and challenges in teaching, what inspires them, and what are their hopes, dreams, and vision for the education of children. We will learn more about the greatest lessons they have taught and also the greatest lessons they have learned. No checklists, no standards, no reports, no paperwork, and no data. Just stories from their hearts to our hearts on a journey to celebrate what really matters in the true spirit of teaching. Today, my guest is Carmen. Carmen, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi. Um, First of all, I'm so honored to be here. So thanks for having me. My name is Carmen Scoggins and I am a high school teacher by day and an adjunct methodology instructor in the evenings at Appalachian State University. And as I mentioned, I spend my mornings at Watauga High School and I have been in the same district for 27 years and have taught K through eight Spanish for nine years and have spent the last 18 years at the high school level and 18 years um, teaching Spanish and methods at the university level. So why did you become a teacher? (laughs) That's a great question. I, well, to be fair, I thought I was going to go into broadcast journalism. I always wanted to be Katie Couric and I thought this is it. Um, I'm just gonna go and and see the world and, and talk to people and, Then I had the opportunity to meet a lead anchor for one of our uh, regional television news shows. And he sat down with me for about an hour when I was 17 years old. And he said, you know, being uh, in this business, you have to be very aggressive. And just from talking to you the past few minutes, I don't, I don't really see that as your personality. And so he really enlightened me that day. And you know, there's always this little voice in the back of your head that really tells you kind of what what you should do in life. I guess it's your moral compass. And I just couldn't ignore the voice that had always said, you should be a teacher, you should be a teacher. And one afternoon, I, again, I was in my junior year of high school. I was walking uh, on a Friday afternoon down the hall, the long hall of my high school and no air conditioning. So it was super hot. And I was just listening to all these teachers just give it their all at the very end of the day and just talking about history and English and math. And then by the time I reached the end of the hallway, I realized I was crying and I was like, hmm, I think that's what I'm supposed to do with my life is I want to do that. I want to connect with people and share things I'm passionate about. And the rest is history. So that's why I became a teacher. You had had many callings down that hallway. (laughs) I did. I had a lot. um, And I also had another amazing opportunity. Um, I was a North Carolina teaching fellow. And so uh, it was a full ride to the university in addition to leadership opportunities and different experiences that other students weren't given, unfortunately. But it really shaped how I saw teacher leadership and, and, and really pushed me to to be the, the teacher that I am. So that was huge. And, and I mean, free ride to school, you know, I didn't have any college debt. So that was even better. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. But that kind of 
answers a question I was going to have about uh, how what path led you to become an adjunct in methodology and teaching teachers. Right. Well, that just sort of fell in my lap, and I am so glad that it did. Um, my methods instructor was Dr. Peggy Hartley, and of course, we read Helena Curtin's books, and you know, we did. We read all these important things, and I learned so much from her. And I taught um, adjunct Spanish at Appalachian for a long time, and finally, someone just said, "Hey, you're the perfect person." The the class is actually co-taught, so we have a person on campus, and then I'm like the liaison to the real world. <laughs> so my co-teacher always teaches more of the methods part, and I explain like this is what it how those methods translate into the real classroom setting so it's a, a very nice um, partnership and I've done that now for about eight years and it's like the, the highlight of my week because honestly teaching high school kids all day and by the time the day's over I'm really tired and my class at the university doesn't start until five in the afternoon and goes till about seven and every time I have to teach, I'm like, I just too tired. <laughs> I can't go and talk about how awesome teaching is when I'm this exhausted. And then as soon as I walk into that classroom or get on the Zoom call or whatever, there it is. And I'm like, oh, teaching is awesome. And I don't have any trouble at all explaining why uh, we're in such a wonderful profession. So that's, again, something that really motivates me throughout the week. Mm -hmm. It's draining and energizing at the same <laughs> yes, time. Yes, it, it really is. It Absolutely. really is. Yeah. I was the last um, student that I talked to that that became a teacher. She said, "Teaching is life," and I just I was like, "That's so profound." And I thought <laughs> about it, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah." It's it's the whole like it's draining and it's energizing. It's yeah you know, heartbreaking and it's heartwarming all yes. at the same time. I love that. And I, I think for me being a teacher, I never say ever I'm going to work. I always say I'm going to school. And I know that seems odd <laughs> to make that distinction, but to me teaching, yes, it's a job. It is my job. It is my life's work, but I, I've gone to school my whole life anyway. So by saying I'm going to school, it's just a reminder of, I'm, I'm hoping to inspire other kids at least to know that they're cared about and whatever. I never say, oh, I've got to go to work today. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I get to go to school. And that to me is just like an extension of what I've done my whole life anyway. Mm -hmm. the, the teachers that I've talked to, they're all like, I'm a lifelong learner. And I want my, I want my students to right. love learning too. Because it's, it is life. We're always learning. You know, when we stop right. learning, this is what I've always said. When I stop learning, then I'm dead. So right. take the learning, even That's if it's right. hard, even if it's challenging. Yeah. Even if it's, yeah. And my, my students will ask me why I push myself so hard sometimes and why I go to all the conferences I go to and do all the presentations. And I'm like, well, because it, it keeps me fresh. It helps me learn new things. And that's just something that I, I highly believe in because it, it is life and it's, why wouldn't you want to learn as much as you can and share that with others? And so that's how I approach uh, everything I do with kids is I want them to see me in different roles so they know that things are possible. And I involve them anytime I'm giving a presentation or have to speak somewhere, offer a keynote address. And, and they're like, wow, that's a lot. You do a lot. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to get you to understand why I, I do what I do. And, and most of them actually get it. 
So that's great. It's, it's like sun and water and yeah. it gives us life, you yeah. know, doing yeah. that. It, it really nourishes is. me all the way for sure. <laughs> and you have nourished so many people through you. conferences. I mean, from the local level all the way to the international level. So thank you. We're just so, so lucky to have you. And I'm the lucky one though. Honestly, I don't even know how all that happened. I just have a really big mouth. I'm in a small body, but my mouth and my heart are pretty big. And so it just kind of like gushes out of me so no no i don't agree with that and i'm gonna bring up something i don't know and i can edit this out if it's sensitive, <laughs> okay. but when we were both regional or state finalists at the regional conference and you won and i didn't but you know and but i know why and in the moment i was like i don't know this girl who is she you know and and I think I should win. But after I got to know you, I was like, oh, she's totally, she totally should have won. Well, it was one of those weird, again, life um, blessings, I guess, because it definitely pushed me forward. But um, if nothing else, it connected me to people like you and uh, other colleagues, I just wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet and get to know and learn from. So Mm -hmm. I think that's why paths cross the way they do many times. They do. Everyone we meet along our path in life has something to teach us. Yes, they really do. Sometimes good, sometimes not so good. But we learn everything has a lesson. (laughs) Right, we learn (laughs) everything does. So, um, being at the same school for so long, things change. You know, like over time, and but some things don't change in teaching. So, what keeps you going and staying in the profession? Um, I think the kids. you know, everyone always wants to know, what do you teach? What do you teach? And it's it's not, what do I teach? It's who do I teach? I teach kids first. I always tell my method students, I'm a teacher first. And I just happen to teach Spanish. I I see that as the secondary thing for my career. Um, So seeing and, and hearing the kids and how young they are and how many chances they're gonna have and, and just how hopeful they are about things. And I think, yes, <laughs> I need to hear this every day. Now, not, not, they're not always upbeat, but it's just so encouraging to, to look out at them and to see such hope and potential. And I guess that's why I get up and do what I do every day, for mm-hmm. sure. So I guess that leads to, what do you really love about your students? <laughs> Besides the hope that they give you. Yeah, I love that they're willing to take risks. And I love that I'm somehow very, again, very blessed that I am fairly good at at making connections to students. And that's one of the things I've probably presented about more in the last five to 10 years than any other topic is just those relationships, the the human connection that, that is so powerful in teaching that I think sometimes people don't realize you think teachers are just standing in the front of the room delivering content, but that's literally the smallest fraction of what I see my, as my role as a teacher. Um, I want kids to feel trusted and worthy and valued. And so I think that's, that's what keeps me going once I'm there. Yes, I'm, I'm delivering Spanish. We're talking culture. We're talking you know, whatever sentence structure, but we're, we're also just talking, um, and I'm trying to explain to them, but maybe not explain it, just, just model for them, um, care and love and compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Role model. That's really critical. That's important. And 
they're watching, they're observing, they're taking it all in. We think that they're not, even with their cameras turned off. That's and right. that's the other thing that's come across as a common thread throughout all of my chats with teachers is the relationship piece. Mm -hmm. And that's why everything's so hard right now is because the relationship connection is a little harder to keep. Definitely. In the virtual world. Yes, it has been a, a lot more challenging, but um, so in my district, we were virtual for the first nine weeks of school and I struggled. Um, I'm such a people person. I'm such a visual person. I struggled with trying to teach kids that I couldn't see students that wouldn't turn their cameras on or even, you know, unmute themselves half the time. And I was like, ah, <laughs> I'm a language teacher. This is hard for me. I don't know how to approach this. Um, but then finally in late October, we went back face to face with students. And, and then I, I was reminded, oh yeah, <laughs> there's a person there. <laughs> so it, it was nice that um, even though I was a little concerned about the virus and being back in school with so many students, it was great again to, to feel that even though I couldn't see them because they were masked, I could still know that there was a human being behind that screen. And I think that's one of the biggest messages is, if you are a teacher out there who's, who's still teaching virtually, just know that there is a, a, a kid behind the, the screen. And if you keep that in your heart, then, then you'll keep pushing and, and keep trying to come up with new ideas to engage them because they, they are there. They're out there. I think that's a great message, Carmen, because with the internet and technology nowadays, and we see this on social media, um, people hide behind yeah, sure. that you know, that internet and the, the, the camera and, and everything. And it's, it's, um, there's a human there. There's another person there. And that, that care and that humanity in what we do every day, especially as teachers, is so critical. It is, it is yeah. I think, what calls us to teach is that we're, we're growing little seeds of human beings who are going to go out in the world and you know, know, make it a better place and keep That's it That's right. Going. Those are my trees. Yeah. <laughs> they are because I don't plant many trees in life, but I do. Um, if I can just inspire one kid to do something mm -hmm. that he or she didn't think they could do, then that's, that's it for me. I'm, you know, I'm happy and thrilled. And um, again, that's why I loved teaching little kids. You know, I did elementary, middle school for nine years, like I said, and I, there's nothing like teaching a small child uh, because they love you and they, they loved Spanish and they loved it when I came into their classroom. But being with a, with a 15 year old kid, seeing that they might be struggling in life or they're, you know, they're, um, I don't know, having trouble with friends or their families or whatever. I feel like that's where I was supposed to be all along because I just have such empathy for these kids who are just going through life and you know and i just love love that i get to be there and and try to at least listen to them or talk to them sometimes or and of course share my love of spanish <laughs> because ultimately that's what i'm trying to get them to see that there's a much bigger world we live in a small mountain community and i think literally the geography of where we're located um kind of blocks off what's what's out there for them and so I, my my role is to open their eyes a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And you may be the only adult in their life that shows them that world. 
or that um, invites them into it or that makes them feel happy with your smile when you when they see you you know that's that's what teachers we spend so much time with kids every day and we may right. be the only adult <laughs> in their life that that they feel comfortable with or that you know makes them feel good about themselves or shows that they care and well it's true uh, and i i try not to take things for granted i really try to be mindful of things and um i was shocked when we did get back into the classroom face to face even though we were masked face to face um some of the kids uh we, we were talking about like what's your favorite class and and they were be and and they were always talking about me like that their favorite class was spanish and i don't think it was just because we were in spanish but i was shocked at how they they did connect with me even though i didn't feel that we had the normal connection i would have had with students had we not been in this remote learning situation so it was encouraging to know maybe just hearing me or hearing my enthusiasm or something had had drawn them in even though we hadn't been together the whole semester so, well yeah. the communication as a language teacher we tend <laughs> to ask them all kinds of questions sure. just to get them to use the language. Like, what's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? Right. What right. do you like about this? What do you like about that? And, right. you know, just, just conversational things. And that, yeah, that it's a lost art form nowadays. Yeah. Well, and especially again, with young kids, they text each other all the time. That's right. And most classroom teachers, because their content isn't language, then they get straight into their math equations or their historical facts or whatever. But like you said, we are we are teaching communication. We are teaching um, language, so it's it's easy to just to keep the flow going <laughs> to mm -hmm. have a, a more personal conversation with kids. Okay. And I, I guess that's one thing that's I'm lucky that I get to I get to do because that's why I wanted to teach Spanish. I could have taught anything. I knew I was going to teach, but teaching Spanish is teaching everything. So mm -hmm. it didn't didn't matter what I was going to talk about I, as long as I did it in Spanish. So. Exactly. So I know. So making that human connection and communicating and stuff like that. But I know that you have uh, really integrated technology and uh, into your teaching. And so that, that seems a little bit like contradictory to the whole, you know, communication thing and everything. So how has that worked? And for teachers that are saying like, you know, I don't want to do technology or ever, all this technology and virtual is not good for kids and not good for me. And I just want pencil and paper and face to face. All of that's very valuable, but there sure. is good, just like with everything in the world, right. there's good. You can find a good, a positive, and uh, I call it a Delta, something you would want to change <laughs> sure. or be different. So can you talk about that just a yeah. little bit? Um, so I'm of a slightly older generation who is now teaching and so I'm a Gen Xer and I didn't grow up with all the technology that kids have access to. And so I noticed over time that one of the ways I was staying connected to these young people as I was getting older, they seem to get younger, is to keep in touch with what they, the different technologies they were using or the different technologies that were available. Um, to students. And so I've honestly just capitalized on, <laughs> on that to, to help me stay fresh and to keep the connection with students. But the reality is we do not live in an analog world anymore. And so if you are teaching, you have to be willing 
to take some risks with technology. Um, and there's so many great things out there, Flipgrid and Edpuzzle and all these fun game sites, GimKit and BlueKit and all these great tools that are out there to, to keep that connection. If you are teaching remotely, at least if you have your students do a Flipgrid, you can see their faces and you can you feel they can see you if you give them feedback um and so i don't i get that some teachers are hesitant to try the technology and that they they do want to stay with the with language especially because we've got so many translators out there and i know teachers are worried that their students are translating everything but at some point you got to get past that and see the tools um as the benefit that they can be. And I, I give technology talks all the time and I always say, don't use technology for technology's sake. If it supports your learning targets, if it supports your proficiency goals for the students, use it. Otherwise, leave it behind or find one or two things you feel comfortable with and use those. I mean, honestly, I do stuff new all the time and I think the kids are like, okay, here's another tool. What are we doing today? Why can't we just do the same thing? So sometimes I maybe overstimulate them. But for me, that's just how I learn. I like to learn new things and share them with people. So that's what I do. But for those teachers who are more hesitant, just choose a few things that will really support what your, what your goals are. I think that's one of the good things that's come out of the pandemic is that yeah. teachers have been pushed because you know we're adaptable, we're gonna figure things out because we're gonna find a way to reach those kids. Okay. And it's pushed a lot of teachers out of their comfort zone, which isn't unusual for a language teacher because we are asking kids right. to take risk with strange right. words all the time and communicate and act things out, right. the gesturing being part of the communication. But it's pushed teachers to have to learn new technologies. And I think that it's a little bit like, uh, you know, the cream, the milk, you put it in the, in the, the jar or whatever, and the cream will come to the top. And so the technologies that have been very useful, helpful, effective, and it's different for each teacher and each different subject area yeah, and sure. personality and, sure. you know, whatever they have at their fingertips and, and the internet speed and all of that stuff. But okay. I think it's going to rise to the surface and it's going to stick around and be a benefit, be a benefit to learning. And yeah, um, well, and that's what kids are used to. I mean, they're used to small bits of information, quick pace. You know, if you think of them watching a TikTok video that lasts 30 seconds or YouTube or something. So these teachers that still try to go in and do these hour long lectures, it's not really hitting <laughs> the uh, learning style of most of these kids. And so not, you know, if that's their thing, that's their thing, that's their style, and every, every teacher is unique, as you said, but um, I think the more we can just keep in touch with what's happening in our world, um, in the world that our students live in, I think that is benefit to all of us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the same line of being at the same school, but also being a language teacher, and we know how important culture is, yeah. so what do you think is really important in a school culture like at a school to 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 really <laughs> yeah. because principals come and go over my career and i could tell yeah. the difference between who the Absolutely. principal was in the school and then how the culture of the school and even within the department and sort sure. of, so how, how what, what kinds of things are important in a school culture um 
I think trust and openness and good communication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I've had so many principles in my career of 27 years. And again, that's, that's going to come and go. I think if I am as consistent as I can be and try to embrace the new leadership styles as they come and not fight against anything or, or complain too much. And I just accept things for what they are. As long as we have that trust communication, I think we're, we're on the right path. We, we have a, it's not a motto at my school, but we, we like to think that we like to say that these are our students, not your students or my students that when, like if I'm on lunch duty, I, I talk to kids that I don't even know and I will never teach, but I do that well because I love to talk, but also because I see them as our students and I, I get to know, you know, another side of a kid or, or like a kid that I'll never see. So I think that's a huge part of our culture that's been very successful is that we, we do try to work together. Um, if we see a kid in need, we don't say, oh, who's your teacher? I'm your teacher, <laughs> even mm -hmm. though I'm not maybe technically your teacher. So if that makes any sense, but that's I definitely nice. think being open um, and, and being, having a good, good, being good listeners and not just it, being told what to do, but having um, that just shared vision, I think, is, is seeing the kids as ours together. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, as language teachers, we're going to talk about modes of communication. So yeah. being sure. in an interpersonal mode of communication rather than presentational. Right, right. Yeah. And that interpersonal also means being a good listener, interpretive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's the piece that so many people forget. I think trying to make a school something they 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 want it to be they forget that they also have to they have to play both roles they have to be the, the listener as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then the whole thing of interpersonal has the word person in it and it goes back to that say, that thing about she said there's a person on the other side of that camera conversation right. on the other side of your desk yes yes and even if you don't agree with that person it's it's okay and that's what pushes us to to be better people i think because if if i disagree with someone then i am forced to stop and think why and and or or maybe even gain a new perspective on why they believe what they do and why i don't believe it and it just makes me a, a broader and bigger person i think yeah and the connections piece one of the most effective things we did at a at a high school i was at the last one i was at to build the the understanding, because of course we're at a high achieving school, to eke out another learning sure. gain out of you know the right. low twenty five percent that we're already way above you know average exactly. anyways. So we did an activity where we had all of the students' names on chart paper, and yeah. teachers had to go and put their name beside the students that they knew. And what it what it did was it made everyone realize how many connections there were, how many relationships there were, how many people we interacted with every day and got to know really well, and how many people those students interacted with every day. So it was about that relationship. Wow. Piece. And we felt that that was a huge critical part of getting those learning gains. Yes, and, and I so love that. When everything is so impersonal and everything is about teaching to a test, right. and you can't take time to build those relationships, I don't have time to talk to you or listen to your story today, or I don't have time to 
listen to your story and take your late paper because the rule is the rule is the rule like we talked about earlier. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. That doesn't communicate, that doesn't commute, compute with me at all. Like I don't, I would, I'm always, always, always going to check on my students' needs first. And again, <laughs> then I'll teach them some Spanish. <laughs> you know, <but laughs> I am not, <laughs> oh man, I just, I just like to hang out probably a little too much, but you know, that's, that's okay. So. But, but that's what kids love and that's well, why they keep coming they back and why they're that. learning. I think so. I had a sweet little group. So we are divided on a two by three model. So we see one cohort Mondays and Tuesdays, then they do remote learning the rest of the week. And then we see the other cohort Thursday and Friday and, you know, <laughs> and I had one um, Spanish three group of seven kids. And the first day they came in after we had been remote for the whole first nine weeks, we, we didn't do anything that was on my lesson plan that day. All they, they needed to just be with other kids because it was their first time too. And we became this little family and I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it now. I've never seen anything like it. Like we were the island of misfit toys. I mean, they were kids from all different backgrounds who normally wouldn't be friends. And we just bonded and we, we played silly games and we just, just hung out that first day. And I was like, okay, so we didn't do anything that we were supposed to do today. And they were like, no, we did exactly what we needed to do. Thank you for letting us do this. And I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks for being the teacher today because um, they, they taught me a valuable lesson that it was okay that we just hung out and it was, it was fine that we were a little bit behind. It didn't matter because they had missed that connection to people. And so anyway, I was and sad it, to them go. So. But it's another lesson from life that we can't teach them that they can only be with right. Right. certain labels and yeah. certain contexts yeah. and that life is about meeting new people and having new experiences and being able to adapt, yes. be resilient, make connections. Yeah. And, and be supportive. I mean, they were like the cutest little group. One of them had to go in the hospital with mono and one had their tonsils out and had to be in the hospital. And they were just constantly messaging each other, checking on each other and what can we do? Do you need anything? And those are the things I can't teach. I didn't have to teach. They just... I just provided the space for it, I guess you would say, and they, they just did it. <laughs> it was mm -hmm. so, it was so special to see. It was the my favorite part of, of the of such a hard semester. It was beautiful to watch it happen. And that's the beauty of letting go and letting the kids kind of unfold their learning at their own pace and in their own way. So you may have thought, well, <laughs> we're just like playing around today or whatever, but they weren't. They were still learning. They and were. And, and, you know, so many teachers want to, like, be so rigid and control every little thing. And uh, you got to let go of that. And that's another big spiritual lesson in life. It is. It's is true. You have to let you have go. To, you have to be okay with things happening organically sometimes. Because every teacher knows your best laid plan is going to get messed up in, during the day anyway. So... <laughs> If you're not flexible, then, then I don't know. So yeah, again, it was just such a special thing. And when, when I would say, you know, my students call me Scog Dog. I don't know why, but when I would say, okay, you know, we, we really need to like, let's just get on task a little bit. They would work so hard because we, they understood that there needed to be a balance and that um, 
that it was okay if we were a little bit more relaxed. They knew they were special. And I hate to single out a group like that because I value all my students, but it was just this thing that happened and I, I went along with it because I needed it too, I think. So. Yeah, that's, they fill our cup and we fill their cups. I mean, it's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's again, that interpersonal thing that that's we right. get so much from them. They can teach us lessons, oh. uh, you know, all the time. Every day. Every day. Every day. That's, <laughs> that's the right. magic of teaching, isn't yeah. it? Yes. It really is. Well, that's why I do it. It's kind of selfish because <laughs> I get so much from, from being around that age group again, I think. And, and the university population is a little different, but it's the same. I've taught kids from five years old to 75 years old. And, and every too. student is the same. You know, they all just want to be cared about. They all want to feel valued. They all want to feel like they can learn. And that's, all, that's just what you have to keep in mind. That's how mm -hmm. I approach it. Well, I had um, learning centers, and yeah. so they would play games and stuff like that. I had I had seventeen year old boys playing paper dolls, you oh, know, yeah. and and people would be like, "How do you get high school kids to do these things?" And I'm like, "They're human beings. Yeah, Every human right. needs to play. Every human needs to right. feel valued to yeah. to be able to be in control of their own environment and learning." Right. And so that's how it works. And whether it was the three-year-olds or it was, yeah. you know, the 75-year-olds, I taught all that age group too. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, one of my most memorable experiences starting out in elementary school is I was doing kindergarten. I was teaching the color rojo and I was using TPR and I was like, so point to something you're wearing that's rojo. Yeah. And a little boy stood up and dropped his shorts and he had Spider-Man <laughs> underwear on. And he was yes. like, oh, and, and I didn't expect that. And then oh, I, I learned something to be it. like, set boundaries. Yes. Clothing <laughs> that I can see. On the outside. Adorable. I know. Yes. But that's, that's a, another thing is teaching every day is so unexpected. You just never know what's going to happen. and have to go with it and use the moments to learn something from. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you think uh, I'm teaching five classes of Spanish one, the same lesson plan. Each one is different. Each, Absolutely. Each, each class is different. The time of day, the chemistry of the kids in the class. And that's another part of not being face-to-face. -face. Yeah. If it's virtual, you don't get that energy, that chemistry with the kids and the body language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're yeah. not feeding off each other and then feeding off you. And right. it's, it's there's a lot to be said to that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So... And I wanted to mention that today is your birthday. Hi. Happy birthday. Thank you. That is so sweet of you to give of your time. Oh, I wouldn't, birthday. I wouldn't rather that, talk about anything else, you know. That I, just shows the real heart of a teacher. That oh, is I always great. ready to be at the call. Yeah, well, it's yeah. like I said, it, like you said earlier, it is life. It is it is my life. Um, mm -hmm. I think about it all the time and it's, okay, I'm okay with that. I used to worry that, oh my gosh, I'm doing school stuff all the time, but I'm okay with that because I know it's, it's meaningful and it's meaningful for me and it's meaningful for the students. So yeah, purpose. I, yeah, purpose. It's That's purpose. What greater purpose can anyone have in life? 
I can't think of one, but (laughs) just me either. Me either. So now we're ready for the uh, rapid fire round at the end. So just fill in the blank and and you just fill in the blank. Okay. Okay. No right or wrong answer. Okay. Okay. And we're going to start with the most profound. Teaching is connecting with others so that everyone realizes there's someone out there who cares about them. Love it. Love it. <laughs> my so, students are. Oh, my students are the highlight of my day, of my week, of my life. I didn't have children of my own, and they give me energy and inspire me and make me want to be a better teacher. When I do this with any of the teachers, they, the other questions will be like, Oh, Oh, and that's so hard. This one, no teacher ever has trouble with. They, okay. They're just like quick to like, my yeah. students are, because that's why you're doing what yeah. you're doing. I, no. I understand. I want my fellow teachers to know that. I want my fellow teachers to know that I am here for them, that I will listen to them, laugh with them, cry with them, share with them, learn from them, and just be their partner in crime. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. We, we're all in this together. No one but, wants to be isolated. And no no one should have to be. No. No. My greatest hope for all children is? My greatest hope for all children is that they see their own potential and that they are given the opportunities to reach that potential and the support they need and the love they need to just be the best person they can be. Beautiful. (laughs) My greatest advice to a new teacher is believe in yourself and your abilities and to ask for help when you need it to be as flexible as you can be and to just love those kids that's great advice <laughs> ask for help when you need it that's really yeah. hard teaching yeah, college thinking yeah uh, I can conquer the world. I know everything about teaching. And then they get in the classroom and it's like, <laughs> just smack kidding. down Friday <laughs> yeah. night wrestling, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. That's true. So, That's right. Yeah. They need to ask for help and, mm-hmm. uh, and be flexible. You learn to be flexible. That's right. You have to be, especially now. Yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Carmen. And again, feliz cumpleaños. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is great for what you're doing for teachers out there and for just anyone because I think like you said before it's important that people listen and know that someone else is out there going through similar experiences so it's great to to have that connection so thank you and to reconnect back to the real reason why you became a teacher and that you are making a difference it may not seem like it some days but those kids that's why we're doing it and right you're touching kids' lives every day. And that and you may never know it. That's right. And they come back ten years later and say, you know, <laughs> like I never did know. I but it's great when they do come back. And I I often have them come back and they're like, I really should have paid more attention or 
um, thank you for doing this. You probably didn't realize what I was going through or anything like that. That's just so encouraging. But, and those are the little things, but we, we see, we get rewards. Everyone wants to know what, what do you get out of teaching? You don't definitely don't get enough money. You don't get enough respect, but that's, <laughs> I get to, to be with other people every day and to, and to share things with people. I think that to me is a, a lot uh, more valuable than money. So. Agreed. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs>